what a joy. I'm so blessed this morning, and I'm very happy to be part of this wonderful team. And uh, I'm saying I'm not wearing like an African, I'm wearing like Dulos. And I, I look nice, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Thank you. Can you please say it louder? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, as a team, we decided to share the topic about integrity. Because we have felt within us, within our interaction with Dulos, there is a lot that has happened, and all of this revolve about integrity. And we felt like we should communicate this as an expression of love and support that we have received from you people. And we are grateful. There's something I've been thinking about when I talk about a Christian and the life that we live as Christian. Sometime before I thought that a church is for perfect people, good people, and I always thought that these are the kind of people that should live the life of God and was afraid of joining church because I knew I would not be able. I knew I would not be able to express that kind of life. And I knew even if I try, I'll fail. But God started speaking to me concerning the church and I came to understand that the church is not necessarily for perfect people. It's a place where people are perfected. And when I came to understand this, I received peace in my heart and comfort of life. So when I was looking at the word integrity, I came to realize that integrity comes from the root word integer. And actually, an integer just means a whole number. Like one, two, three, four is a whole number. And the Greek word for integrity, I realized it is tamam. And the word tamam means to be finished or to be completed. And some joy started flowing in my heart to see the thing that God called us into, to complete our life, to make us whole from within. God called us to make us whole, complete, and perfect in our life. And I had this thought in my heart. When a company is looking for employees, it comes with a lot of qualifications that are necessary for you to fit in that job. And even after several people applying because they have fulfilled all those qualifications, they call them for interview because they want the best of the best. So when that person gets into that company, he feels he's the best. He has the right qualification. He fits the job. But in our kingdom, we never had this. We just expressed a willingness to be in his places and to live with him. And he started a process of perfecting us. It's like a graduation before the school. We graduated before the school. He called us to this life. We say we are sons of God, not because we qualified, but because he has accepted us. He received us. And therefore, he started the process of perfecting us because there is something he wants to be seen from that perfection. So the word 
translate to the state of being made whole from within. There's a wholeness from within. And I have, I'm being made whole each day. I'm being perfected. I'm very much conscious that anytime I sit in the presence of God, there's something happening in my heart. As a Christian, I know there's something. I was caught to that place of being completed within me. And therefore, I have to understand and appreciate that there is something that is happening in my life as a Christian. Therefore, I define integrity as the completeness of the inner wholeness, which in turn produces a matching expression of steadfast moral uprightness. It will look like it is not possible, but this is where God is drawing us every day. We're in the process where God is drawing us towards him to perfect us, make us whole, so that we can produce an expression that looks like him. And when I was looking at this, I remember about something that Jesus said in John chapter number 14. Philip said, show us the Father. This is sufficient for us. Verse number 8. And he said, Philip, have I been with you for this long and you don't know the Father? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. The way I have lived my life, everything I express is all about him. Then he said, even the words I speak, they are not my words. They are his words. And I was wondering, is this possible? But God ministered to me peace in my heart because he is faithful. He's faithful to fulfill the cause he called you for. I was remembering when I got born again, I just confessed my willingness to receive Jesus in my heart. And then, because he said, if you receive me, I'll enter into your heart. So when I say I'm born again, I'm saved, I'm declaring his faithfulness. Just because he said, if you welcome me, I'll come. I'm trying to believe that he came. When I say I'm saved, I'm confessing his faithfulness. That because he said he will enter, for sure, he has entered into my heart. Now, what process do we go through? What process brings us to that place of perfection? What thing makes us perfect? I may have written a lot of them, but they all go out God. It's only a different expression in the way God speaks to our life. But all this, it's all about God. In the book of Acts, chapter number 20 and verse number 32, Paul is talking about some people he had preached the gospel to. And then he said, now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace that is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. I'm not able to raise you, but I'm commending you to God and to the word of his grace. See, this word is able to raise you. Peter said, as newborn baby, you desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. And God continually has been speaking to us through different ways that he may perfect and cause us to come to that place of perfection. The Holy Spirit, we believe that is God, and Jesus said, whoever believe in me, the Father will send the Holy Spirit to live in him. And he's a person who continually walk with us, and that's why we think we are not alone. The scripture says, Romans chapter number 8, that as many as are led of the Spirit, they are sons of God. There's a prayer that John made when he was praying for a minister. And he said, thank you, God, because you don't give us laws and principles to lead us. But you gave us a person to lead us, to direct us, to guide us through. So you gave up a person who holds our heart and walks with us. The grace of God is sufficient for us all. And I'm very happy because 
This is not our effort. It's not our good works. It is not about you. It's about submitting. Because to whom you are submitting is faithful to lead you in the perfect way. One thing I've realized, every day I spend time with brethren or believers, I am edified. I am increased in my heart. I am energized. When we lift up hearts together, there's that joy that just flows in my heart that I never find it anywhere else. I have tried it in my room. It haven't worked. Something is missing. There's a song we did some time ago. When we were singing here, I felt there's joy flowing in my heart and I enjoyed raising up my voice and singing. So I decided I must try this at home. So when I went to my room, I decided to do it the same. I felt something was missing. It was not complete. An actual scripture saying Psalms chapter number 133, that how pleasant is it for brethren to live together? How pleasant is it? Actually, the Bible says, there God commands a blessing. That means there's a dimension of God's anointing and blessing that can only be experienced at a corporate environment. I love you so much. God bless you. Yeah, I think I can enjoy listening to Bonnie speaking all day. And uh, I think uh, I, I have the same feeling as Bonnie was expressing, this love that he said, I love you guys. Um, and for my family, this started maybe four or five years ago when we first came into this room and we felt there is something different here. We've been in many churches, we've been traveling a lot, we've been looking a lot, but what we felt here really is that these people, they want to connect with God, they want to experience God. And that attracted us from posh Abbotswangli, where we used to live, very British village, and got us over here, and we don't regret it, we love it. And here we are now uh, doing dulos, a bunch of Bulgarians uh, speaking one more language in this group here. So today we are celebrating the fact that uh, uh, it's, it's not just one nation that is forming this community, but people from all sorts of backgrounds can live together and worship the Lord together. So, going back to, to the topic of integrity, this was probably one of the strongest topics that we were discover, uh, going into uh, in our doulos training, and it, it spoke to me a lot. And uh, there were also, uh, so it was the training, it was with the help of uh, my mentor, Neil, as well. Uh, and so the discussions that we had with the group, so it was very valuable uh, topic for us. So that's why we decided to uh, share this thing, uh, this topic with you. So uh, thinking about integrity, if we are now to imagine that integrity is a person, and that person walks into this room and starts speaking, in other words, if the integrity has a voice, I would think that the integrity will probably say things like, um, 
I say as I believe. So when I speak about integrity, I say as I believe. So my belief is not detached from my words. My words are following on what I believe. And I not just talk, but I also do. So what, what my belief does in me, first it excites me so much, I, I start to discover things that God is revealing to me. It engages my personality. And what I experience is that I start talking what God is saying to me. And then what follows up is that my actions change as well. So God is changing my mind, talk something differently, and then my behavior. And the beauty of, of that is that I don't live in a conflict within myself anymore. Because when God purifies my mind and changes my thinking, and he affects the way I live, I find myself living in a place of harmony, which I think is a beautiful thing. That's why we are touching integrity. But let's, let's go through a reality check. Let's, let's scan ourselves and see actually uh, who am I and uh, what, what, what is actually happening in my life. Because yeah, we say integrity is good, but am I li living it really? So when I was uh, meditating with, with God on this topic, I think God gave me a uh, few um, things. I'll call them now. So the first one is a but. But version one, I know better. I understand what God says, but I will do my own thing. So, you see, this is where we start fighting what God says. We, yeah, integrity is great. We need to live in a life of integrity. But are we always doing that? Can we just check ourselves? When I hear God speaking, uh, last week I remember uh, when John was talking uh, to us about love. And uh, you remember he was saying, we need to go into this greater measure of love, another way and deeper way of expressing love. And uh, one of the things he said is, um, what, what touched me really is that uh, I appreciate people telling me that they love me, but in family, a little bit of help with the dishes will be useful as well. So... Um, we might enjoy hearing certain things, but do we really accept everything that God is telling us? So, we can see this happening in the history of uh, the Israelites. It's not, I'm not in an insulated case. We can see that uh, that's what uh, we, we've, we read in Judges. What we see happening there is, is that in those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So people were overwriting, in other ways, in other words, what God was telling them. And they were preferring to do what they want to do. Versus what God is teaching us to do, and Bonnie uh, touched on this verse, 
for all who are led by the Spirit of God, uh, children of God. So when I, uh, when I aspire and desire to have integrity in my life, this reality check is a very applicable thing. Am I led by the Spirit of God? And when I feel that the Spirit of God leads me in a certain direction, how do I respond? I have to tell you, it was pain to leave the nice park we had in Abbotslangley, the previous place where we were. Uh, it was so quiet, very easy to find a parking space. <laughs> um, it becomes 10 p.m. and it gets quiet. But we felt that God is doing something and we had to respond to what God was prompting us to do. So we decided, okay, let it be. And the biggest challenge for us was really, oh, we have such a nice school. Our kids go to this wonderful, selective school, and it's so nice there, but what are we going to do when we move over there? And God challenged us, a step of faith. So integrity doesn't always seem like you're doing the best thing you think you're doing, but integrity has to do with submission not fighting the ways of God, rather hearing what God is prompting me to do. And I won't be that mindful around what the sequences, is, will, the sequences will be. I rather enjoy the fact of submission and doing what God is telling me to do. Uh, okay, so that was the third but, first but. There is another but. Uh, when God comes to us and tells us, okay, this is the right way of doing, we have the Ten Commandments, it tells you what is right and what is wrong, and, and you, you, you listen to all these uh, right and wrong things, because, you know, in the kingdom of God, it's not, uh, it's not like everybody can do whatever they like. There are certain criteria, there are certain standards. But what about if I'm in a position where I can't really, I feel, I, well... I can't really live up to that standard. So, for example, in my family, one of the, one of the verses that I say quite often is, honor your father and mother, so that it is well for you and you enjoy a long life. Okay, I think uh, my kids hear that verse pretty often, but do they live to the standard of it? Uh, I think we're still having challenges around that, so it, it's, not, it's not working smoothly. So I, I, I could imagine, oh yeah, that you're telling me to honor you and my mom, and I do that with great pleasure, particularly in my teen age. It's so easy, it comes so naturally. You say whatever you say, Dish, uh, wash the dishes, of course, daddy, or tidy up, or go to bed on time, or do your homework, it comes so naturally. I'm afraid not. Uh, probably you have similar uh, experience. So what do we do in cases? And I want to really touch here the young people in the room. We have lots of teenagers. Uh, teenagers in the room at all? Any teenagers? Yeah. So how do you find it? Do you find it easy to honor your mother and father and, and, and listen to what they're saying? Yes? 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 I'm sure you do. Not, not, not in my family, though. It's, I, I think my kids are struggling, but we're getting there. 
So, what do we do then? I am weak. I can't do it. Jesus didn't come to judge us, but to redeem us. To those who are failing to live up to the standard of what God is saying, I think it's great that we have Jesus. Because with Jesus, what we get is a hope. He doesn't judge us. He doesn't reject us. He doesn't hate us because we simply don't do something that he asks us to do. So instead of me being locked in a position where, where I despise myself and I start hating even myself, I would rather, realizing my own weakness, come to God and say, I can't do it on my own. It's time for me to get humble. The pride won't help, no? But if I come humbly to God, if I come humbly to my mom and my dad and I say, I'm sorry, dad, from now on I will always listen to whatever you say, then I think you start putting trust in God and when we come in this humble way to God, what happens is that he releases grace toward us and things started changing. So I want to tell to those people who feel that they're stuck in a place where they're fighting their weakness and they can't find a way out. God prompted me to tell you this. God, with his grace, is available to come and help you and pull you out from where you are. Right, another thing similar to the buts, where we struggle to really reach the, 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 the place of integrity, is the pose. I think sometimes we're, we're tempted to do that, don't we? we? For us, it's very important how the other people will see us, whether they will respect us or not. Will I be rejected uh, or not? So, um, and, and in, in, this, in this world, we have a lot of that. There, the, it's a big business, really, uh, all these uh, image-making companies, that they, they're there to produce an image for yourself, to make you look uh, better to what you really are. And uh, I think we can all find ourselves now and then at, at pretending and, and, and trying to look something that... What, we really are not. So integrity deals with this level in us where we try to pretend we know what we should look like, we know uh, what is right, I'm not quite there, but I don't want to show the people where I really am. I want to hide somehow my real me. Is this good? Is this helping me in a way? I think it's driven under the surface from a fear that I might get rejected. I'm scared that they might not like me. And I so much want people to like me. And uh, John Piper wrote this. We try to appear confident when we are scared, poised when we are shaken, peaceful when we are anxious, happy when we are grieved. Enthused when we are bored, healthy when we are sick, intelligent where we are, when we are ignorant, concerned when we are apathetic, 
skilled when we are clumsy, devout when we are indifferent. We know what people like. I am not what people like, so I will just pretend. I will put a pose. I will put a mask. So we have a nice word for that. Uh, the Greek language helped us with the word hypocrisy. Yeah? So I want to look something that I know I am not, but I can't bear the pain of being rejected. Here is what God has for us. I am created to be authentic. I don't need to pretend that I am something that I am not. What can I hide from the face of the Lord? What is it that God can't see in my life? Everything is open and obvious before the eyes of the Lord who scans the whole earth. So if we struggle, where is our hope? How can I deal with my butts and this poses thing? There is one solution, and the solution is I need to acknowledge the fact that Jesus is Lord. And even more, I need to agree and I need to accept and I need to submit that Jesus is my Lord. I'll finish with this quote from a uh, person that I respect a lot, who has been journeying with me in the last uh, few months. So he says, integrity is about basing our life on him and nothing else, not covering the true motive, saying what we mean, meaning what we say. Yes, that sounds great. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Prince Tommy Williams, just in case if you don't know my name. Um, yeah, this is a very big privilege um, to share heart together this morning. Um, I'm really touched by the brothers, what they've shared. I think we'll spend time together we all belong to this common thing that we call faith. We all belong to the common faith. Um, it doesn't matter if you're coming from Africa, Europe, Asia, we all belong to this common faith. And I think on that premise, we are sharing from the common source, that which God has laid in our heart. That's what we are sharing here today. I would like to start uh, by sharing this joke. I was a man who used to say to his family, integrity is to say the truth. You don't tell a lie. And then to a point, his children got used to the statement and it became part of them. So one day, this man um, had to pay someone and the phone rang. He knew that the person that has to pay is the one that's calling. All of a sudden, he tried to ignore the call, but his wife called his attention. Your phone is ringing, and he called his son. Pass me the phone. Then the, phone, the son brought the phone. 
He pretended as if he's watching the number and said, oh, no, I'll call him later. Then his wife said, answer the call. Then he told his son, pick the call. Then, but tell the person that I'm sleeping. Then the son picked the phone and said, yes, hello, who is speaking? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yes, dad is here, he's here with me, but he said I should tell you he's sleeping. <laughs> Integrity. So um, I'm not going to eat more time in talking about the definition, but I want to take the key word, the statement, the line one. The quality, integrity, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Why I want to pick on the moral principles, I mean, within this body we've been talking about principles. Your action is in line with the principle. I mean, what you're saying is in line with the principle. What you believe is in line with the principle. So I want to pick on that because most times we talk about the principle, the principle, the moral principle. Now, when you read, look at the last one down there, I listed that one, which is another very key pointer. Um, the principles of right and wrong that are accepted by an individual or a society, what we've agreed here, that yes, this is what pleases the heart of God. This is what we believe, that if we do it, it's right before God. We agree. So, so many questions have been asked. For us... We've been talking so many times about what we call the job that Lifeline has been doing in Sierra Leone. So I just want to give a little bit of testimony on that front. While we were engaged in the battle fighting Ebola, which was a physical and also a spiritual battle, we were faced with a temptation. What was this temptation? We had 50 staff that we were working with. All of a sudden, dramatically, the number grew to over 200 staff. But in the process of recruiting the staff, there was a system existing by then that we said would not work by that system because that system wasn't right in the sight of God. That's not what God has called us to go by. So we set up what we call the integrity, the steady value, S-T-E-A-D-I. The I stands for integrity. That's what we believed. But now, during this process in recruiting the staff, we were tested, staff came, and they said, we want to pay you for you to give us the job. In the process of recruiting staff, people were willing to pay 300,000 leons. I don't know what's the, convert, um, I mean the conversion rate here. 300,000 leons to recruit a staff will pay you, just get us into this job. But that was accepted in other places. But for us, we said no. And to secure the job, they are also willing to pay what um, in our own currency is 500,000 leons per person. We were we faced with that. So 60% of the staff, over 200 staff, 60% of them were willing to pay the sum of money, 500 leons to secure the job, 300,000 300, leons to recruit them. Now, as you can see the picture there, over here, I think it's on, on your right, no, your left, 
your left, we can see the staff there who were recruited to work at the Ebola Treatment Center. Over there, we are the staff recruited to work at the quarantine center, including those that we are doing the community talk show. So all together, we had 206 staff. We were faced with a situation pleasing the heart of the father versus money. That was what we faced with. I don't know for you, it might be time. For you, it might be power. But for us at that moment was to please the heart of the father, then with money, what was the priority? We prioritized, we said, we are not going for the money. I did a kind of analysis, roughly 123 staff multiplied by 300,000 will give you 36,900,000. That's just for a month. 123 people multiplied by 500,000 is 6,150 pounds. So in total, within just two months, we would have worked um, 9,840 pounds just within two months extra if we decided to take the bribe. But we chose not to go on that track because what we committed ourselves to do wasn't in line with that. What was the reflection on that? My wife, Mary, plus all the staff members faced with the problem, people started coming around, even provoking, mocking Mary, that your, your husband has had the opportunity to get that kind of money just within a month, but he's not doing that. And you are using this kind of Android phone? This is not according to your size. You should be using a kind of posh phone than this. They started mocking my wife. And I'll come home, my wife will share with me, I'll say, Mary, this is one thing, but what actually we can do to please the heart of the Father is what we should focus on at that moment. That was a kind of whole distraction. But one thing that is clear in this whole journey is the fact that in doing those things, is we cannot rely by our strength. The first time in the room, I, I, mean, I was in the room, someone brought envelope and said, this is what I will offer just for you to help me to get the job. I mean, the first thought was, yeah, um, no one is here, just the two of us. Um, you can hold the envelope and forget about that. But immediately, I was struck by the statement, what of the third party? Now, it was just the two of us in the room, but Jesus was there as well. God was saying, and that's the point sometimes, you know, I mean, over the years, for me, I want to continue to be grateful to God and people that God has joined us with. Sometimes you face with a situation, the temptation that you, in your strength, you feel like, oh, no, this, I can't just go without this. Um, no, let me try this for this one time. But God is always there. If you listen to God, as just the previous uh, speakers have said, if you listen to God, God will speak in that situation. And then if you have relationship with him, a true relationship, I think your choice to make the right decision will be in the favor of pleasing the heart of the Father. And that's the place where integrity comes in. It's not about me. It is not about you. It is about him who empowers you. Now, this picture, there's one person, anytime I watch at this picture, I get encouraged. And that is this young man called Muhammad. He's one of the survivors. When we started, the idea was God what's ours to do in this community? 
And with God, it's clear that, yes, we can involve even when there was not like money, but to save lives. God can use us to save lives. That was the concept. And our little way, and you can see all these other kids around. I myself, I wasn't smiling. See, Muhammad was there smiling. And that was after the whole fighting. We decided not to take the 9,840 pounds, but to commit ourselves to invest in lives, go out, what God can do through us to reach lives. And now, Muhammad has got a hope. Muhammad is in the home, going to school. I mean, he's got a family. He's belong at the moment. At first, he was like no hope at all. But because of we yielded to the calling of God and listened and decided to do the right thing, we would have taken 9,840,000 per month and had the opportunity to do the wrong thing as well. But we decided not to, and God was able to really lead us the right path. He was able to take us through 206 staff. No one contracted the virus. Medical staff died, but for us, 206 staff, no one died out of Ebola. Do we have a kind of special tool that we were using to test our temperature? No. God was just with us. I can remember the first day I entered into Ebola compound, and I was there standing, and the medical practitioners came. Oh, you're doing the wrong thing. You shouldn't enter into the compound. When once they've declared Ebola, the compound is Ebola affected, you shouldn't enter there. And I was like, okay. But those people are isolated. Our presence, it's not only providing food, but we should also provide something beyond that will heal them on the inside. So that was why I entered there. And I came out, people were like, mm, let's monitor this guy closely. Up to this moment, it's a thing of the past, but the glory unto God. So I managed not to talk more about scriptures, but compile a few scriptures here. In Psalms 15, verse 1 to 5, speaking in his heart, what is true? I mean, when you talk of integrity, it's not only about saying it. It should be on the inside. If it's not on the inside, I mean, John keeps talking of what we call the legalism. So it's like, oh, yes, because I'm part of this group. I don't want people to see me um, I'm doing these things. Uh, let me pretend. No. God searches the heart of everyone. It should be out of the heart. You do it based on what is on the inside. He keeps his promises, even when it costs a lot. As children of God, we know the truth. We should stand by the truth. We should make sure that God has given us the very thing that we believe, and we should go by that. It's not only about, as I said initially, saying it and just forget about it, but we should make sure the heart flows according to what we're saying. And this is the tricky aspect. Even your wife, your mother, your friend cannot tell what is right in the heart. Who has the ability to design the heart of man? Only him. You can say fancy things. We can say fancy things. 
But if it's not right on the heart, there's a question mark. In Luke 22, verse 39 to 46, the same thing again in Matthew 26, 30, um, 39 to 42, pray that you will not fall into temptation. I think this is one thing for me that I've learned over the years that have been helpful. In the aspect of integrity, we don't rely on our strength. In this account, we see when Jesus living in the flesh, he had, I mean, faced with difficult times, he had to consult the Father. Father, this is not according to my will, but according to your will. If it's about me, I want to take this money. <laughs> I mean, we're faced with the situation. But Jesus was like, this is not according to me, but according to your will. What do you want in this situation? If it's about me, I don't want to enter Jerusalem. But he's committed to save you and I. He's already committed to save humanity. And at that moment, there was a strength. He was able to rekindle strength, to regain energy, to boldly enter Jerusalem. So sometimes if we face with trials, if we face with temptation, I mean, and most times integrity is undermined based on the day-to-day -day situations we face with, based on the circumstances around us, temptation comes and undermines our integrity. You know the principle, when you face with the situation, what do you do? In Hebrews, the very God who talks about integrity, he's always there to empower us. He's always there to enable us. Jesus here in our humanity and feels for us. Jesus, the high priest, had done the complete atonement because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. So if we understand that background, that it's not by our strength. I'm not saying this is a formula. That's not what I'm saying, but it's the truth that he is the one that empowers us. In your office, in your workplace, in your home, at school. When you are faced with the temptation that want to pollute, has the tendency to pollute you. That has the tendency to cause you to go out of the thing you believe. You will have the nudge. He is always there to empower you. But the choice is yours. The choice is ours. What decision you make at that point. So questions. Who do you say Jesus Christ is to you as an individual? I don't need answer. If he's the one that is able to empower us, what's your relationship with him? Who do you say Jesus Christ is to you? What's your relationship with the Father? Is there any disconnect? What do you do when you feel there is no hope left? I think those are critical moments when I feel there is no hope left. He knows the beginning, the now, and the tomorrow. He knows the everything about me. For me to still be aligned, I think I would need him. So I started with the story, the joke, don't tell lie. Because if you tell lie, it's against the value. It's not integrity. The kids pick it out. What's the principle we believe in this case? I am of the view that if only we hold Onto Jesus' farm, we'll face with temptation every day, but we'll subdue them. I repeat, I am of the view that if we hold on to Jesus Christ, we'll face with temptations every day, but we will subdue them. They are not insurmountable, 
There are no things that will swallow us. Through him, we should be able to subdue them. And no one is finished here yet. We are on a journey. This journey is not like bread and butter. It's not rosy. But you can constantly enjoy this journey when you are in company with the I am that I am. We can constantly enjoy the trying times, even when it is difficult, when we're in company with the I am that I am. For me, those are scriptures that have been encouraging me over the years. Jesus has done it. He has not only done it, it's for me. I hold on to those. When there is no way, you call on him. Thank you very much.